Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Anybody feel like, feel the momentum of heaven in this place? You feel like God's taking us from glory to glory? Anybody got a... Got a witness in their spirit on that one? God has taken us from glory to glory, and I have some stuff on my heart uh, to share tonight. Uh, But there's a a couple who is carrying some breakthrough on their life that I want to have Matt and Kelly Bell come up. They have a testimony. Can I get that other mic? They got, a, they got a testimony, and they're walking and breaking. And I really believe that um, some breakthrough is going to be released in the environment off of them sharing uh, what God has done for them recently. So, Hallelujah. take it away. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. First, I want to say thank you to Joaquin and Renee and all of Bethel leadership for inviting us to share our hearts. Um, I'll try and be, be brief because I want to get to Joaquin's preaching, and he asked me to be brief. So, um, <laughs> but... <laughs> But, you know, I just want to set the stage a little bit. Um, when we first came to Bethel, Austin, it was January 2018, um, we were in the middle of a desert season. We were going through the valley. And what that was really for us is we had started to try and conceive in um, January of 2012. And we had walked that journey alone, primarily because when she set out to conceive, you don't go tell everyone that you're going to do that. You tell people after the good news, right? So we had kind of the accumulation of lots of discouragement. And it was, you know, even during that time we had a miscarriage and we were kind of, you know, really discouraged and lacking in the area of hope. Um, but God really started to stir in us, kind of the, the Holy Spirit started to speak to us, is you really need to let the community in on this and you really need to start asking for ministry, which is something that, you know, we don't like to ask for help, right? That's not something that we'd like to do. We're very self-sufficient, so I thought. And um, uh, anyway, we started to really open up when we came to Bethel. And it was, um, you know, really the beginning of people sowing into us, praying over us, prophesying life. And just a few months ago when we were in the all-team meeting, um, all of Bethel leadership, you know, Renee asked us, he's like, we really want to pray into you guys because we had just come out of a really discouraging valley again during this process, and we were at the very bottom of hope. And anyway, all of, all of leadership prayed over us, laid hands on us, prophesied over us, and, well, we're having a baby. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. <laughs> and you know, when we, when we got the news, I'm going to pass it to my wife, who's going to start the impartation. When we, when we got the news, we were sitting at a table and in our kitchen, and we, we found out, and it was like we had crossed the finish line of a thousand-mile race, and Jesus was standing there with a cup of water and said, and just giving us peace, and we just wept for like 30 minutes. And during that time, um, and hear me when I say this, I don't talk about angels a lot because it's a rare occurrence, but 
this was really powerful. Uh, I saw an angel in our kitchen, and Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, that's the angel of breakthrough. And, and breakthrough is no longer an event you seek in the future. It's a lifestyle to live. And I want you to impart it to my people. I want you to impart it to my church. So that's what we're going to do, but my wife's going to share first. Just, just before, Kelly, you start to share, just for clarity, because I think it's important, the hope that this carries, it was, it was seven years. Seven and years. Seven yeah. years, and you guys tried all the, the different interventions. Everything. and uh, You tried everything, and, and nothing was happening. So right. as, as you're about to pray, uh, you've heard me say it, the testimony of Jesus isn't just the, doesn't just point to the testimony, it points to his nature. And I feel like there's breakthrough in the atmosphere from things that people have been believing for, holding on to for a long, long time. <clears throat> so go ahead. Yes. Yeah. Um, God gave us the scripture right before, or like throughout the whole process, really. Hebrews 11.11. 11. Um, sure, a lot of you know this. <laughs> By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. And he is faithful, right? <laughs> like, God is so faithful. He's so good. And he, we don't have to beg for his promises to be fulfilled. Like, his promises are yes and amen. And I just remember in the process, I was, like, just going through a really low time. There's a lot of ups and downs in fertility. And I was like, God, what's going on here? Where, where are my kids? <laughs> and he's like, I just felt the presence of God around me, his arm around me. He's like, Kelly, I want this more than you do. Like, these are my kids. And I just feel like he's saying, like, you're his kids. Like, I have your back. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And, um, and just like, yeah, throughout this whole process, I've just been like, oh, let, let this not be in vain. Like, let this not just be about us. Like, let this just release um, breakthrough and healing for anybody in this room who's been going through this, but also like who feels like they're in a barren place in their life where they've been expecting promises that they haven't seen fulfilled. And um, so we want to release that breakthrough. And it's not just the breakthrough to release, like God is breakthrough. His name is breakthrough, right? And so we just partner with the God of breakthrough whose name is breakthrough. And, and so and if anybody's struggling with this or just going through fertility issues or um, infertility or even just feels like they just need a new hope um, or just wants prayer. You can stand up. <laughs> heard it. You heard it. Stand up. So if you want breakthrough, I invite you to stand. So God was speaking to me. He's like, <laughs> it doesn't matter how long you've been desiring the thing. God gives you the desires of your heart. Even the word desire means of the king. He not only gives you the desires of your heart, deposits that in you, he then gives you the desires of your heart. So it doesn't matter if you are, you know, 38 years with an infirmity, lying at the pool of Bethesda, waiting for Jesus to show up. As soon as he shows up, you have that breakthrough and you're healed. It doesn't matter if you've been lame since your mother's birth. As soon as you encounter the, the power of God, it's, you can rise up and walk, right? So I want to, we want to release that to you as a couple. Oh, because that's what God told us to do. So I just declare whatever you need that you've been seeking God for, whatever you've been contending for, whatever you want, whether it's financial breakthrough, whether it's fertility, whether it's a relationship restoration, whether it's a career thing, whether it's a finance thing, I declare in the name of Yeshua, 
breakthrough over your life. I declare breakthrough over your life. We release the breakthrough of the breakthrough maker, the promise giver, and we declare it is done. It is finished. In the mighty name of Yeshua, I release it. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Bless you guys. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your courage to share and to share the, your breakthrough with others. Thank you, Jesus. There's, a, there's an aroma of breakthrough in the room, if I could put it that way. There is an atmosphere of, of breakthrough in the room. And I, there's, there's a theme, there's a, a swirl, there's this theme building and it happened. It's hard being in a prophetic culture. You can't keep anything secret, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, you, you got some news you're holding on to and, you know, uh, somebody's bound to walk up to you and be like, hey, the Lord said, or I felt. And you're like, who told you? How'd you? <laughs> but anyway, last week, um, Eddie was preaching, which was amazing, right? Yeah. How good was was Eddie last week, um, and I think it was Renee read his read uh, his verse for his message in the close of worship. Well, Ben read mine during the offering, so you know it's a you know the struggle is real. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but there's there's a theme happening. I'm going to get to that in a second. But we're living in this momentum of the kingdom, and and. I've said I'm going to keep saying it that that there's there's more to come, but we're still living in a moment of God right now. That God isn't just going to show up tomorrow. God's here right now. Breakthrough isn't just coming next year. Breakthrough is here right now. That we are right now living in a moment of God. That that every week the craziest testimonies are coming forth. People being healed of cancer, people being healed in the parking lot before they get in the building, people having people having skulls reform, and people little kids asleep in the service, and God comes and pulls out lactose intolerance, people being healed of, of terminal conditions, people being healed of, of chronic Every conditions, day, metal disappearing out of bodies. I see I mean more I don't know about you, but I consider that good stuff. <laughs> I consider that God, God moment stuff. Listen, it's, it, you can rattle off a bunch of stuff, but when somebody comes in, it's one thing to hear the story. It's another thing to let the story become yours. Because, because we all are creating an atmosphere for God's goodness and his presence and his nature to rest. Can I get an amen to that? That we all are creating a place in worship where God feels comfortable to come and be with his people. So therefore, every testimony that you hear is your testimony. Look, I said it so many times, Psalm 22, he inhabits the praise of his people. Not he inhabits the praise of the man of God or the woman of God. 
The one person with the microphone. No, his people. You guys okay over here? Like, like, his people, his community, his church, his body, he inhabits our praise. Somebody say our praise. Our praise. And he comes and rests in that place with his miracle grace, his loving kindness. His eternal goodness. So you're praising over here, and just because somebody gets out of a wheelchair over here, it's still the atmosphere that you help create. That is your testimony. <laughs> that is your breakthrough. Come on, thank you, Jesus. So all those testimonies I just rattled off, those are your testimonies. We're in a moment of God. Thank you, Jesus. And he takes us from glory to glory. So we're in a moment, but there's more to come. But I actually, uh, I want to share tonight, and, and Matt and Kelly's story is, is, is such an amazing testament to the, the goodness and the faithfulness of God. But sometimes when we're in moments of breakthrough where God's raining down breakthrough here and here and somebody over here in the room is getting healed and somebody over there just got, got a new job and somebody over here got a financial miracle and sometimes it's, it's actually we have those promises that aren't fulfilled yet and sometimes it can put a spotlight on those things. And sometimes we go, whoa, wait a minute, why? That's happening, that's happening, that's great, but what about this God? And to create a culture, an atmosphere where we know how to live and sustain breakthrough, we have to know how to balance both of those realities. Because we have a good father. And he doesn't take timeouts. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't stop being good. <clears throat> And the, the God, when he died on the cross, he tore the veil from top to bottom. He began to pour him, his self out, his goodness out on mankind. And he's never looked at one generation and thought to himself, I'm going to turn the tap off for a while. What started to pour is still pouring. Amen? <laughs> and so God's goodness is always flowing. God's goodness is always flowing. It's our, it's our job to learn how to adjust so we can access that goodness that's always available. You've heard, you've heard me share the story of the, the healing rooms back in Reading, and, and it, it went from not being a wonderful experience. It was hard. It was tiring. It was painful. And, and then, you know, God brought a shift. And it became this explosive ministry that people from all over the world have received crazy miracles. But the shift happened when I realized that God said it was supposed to be on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. And what we were experiencing, I said, God, I might not be the smartest person on the planet, but what we're experiencing right now doesn't feel like heaven. <laughs> So, your promise is true. Amen. Yeah. Your word is true. Your promise is true. So, if something has to shift, I'm pretty sure it's not on your end. So, what do we have to shift? And here's, here's the amazing thing is that in the kingdom, oftentimes the biggest shifts are simply four inches. <laughs> 
And we get caught in this cycle. We get caught in this place of like, I need to fix everything. I need to fix everything about me. If I'm ever going to get from here to there, I need to change everything. I need to go to like 14 years of ministry school. I need to get 20 sozos, right? I need to pray. I need to fast for 40 years. Like, we're like, I got... I had to get there. But, but in God's perspective, how many people know that God has a different perspective than we have? And his perspective is better than ours. His ways are higher than our ways. And that and the God looks at us and goes, yeah, you just need to scoot over four inches. Now, I, uh, God speaks to me in simple terms, probably because I need it that way. But, uh, but years ago, I was, I was teaching on, on this, and I had, God showed me a picture, a vision, if you will, a picture, and again, simple terms for me. And I see a house, and you know, it's, the house has the rain gutters, and it has the rain spout that comes off the gutter, and this, God shows me this spout, and this spout is off-center by about four inches, and nothing's flowing. And the spout is dry. And it's rain's coming and all the other spouts are flowing. And in this picture, I know it's silly, but in this picture, this spout is complaining that it's dry and all the other spouts are flowing. And the spout's like, whoa, hey. <laughs> just, they're working on the mood lighting. The, 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 uh, I, I won't go there. Okay, um, in this picture, the spout is complaining, right? It's whining to God, it's crying, like, like God, I'm dry, I've been dry for so long, and, and why are these other spouts is just flowing for them, and, and heaven's coming, and why isn't it happening for me? And then the spout decided it needed to fix its problem. And the spout got all introspective and was like, I must be made of the wrong material. I must be too long. I must be too short. I, I, need, to get, I need to get reshaped. I need to get remade. The spout like, starts thinking, maybe I need to work harder. <laughs> maybe if I, if I got stronger. And like, silly, I know, just... It's just between me and God. I'm just letting you in. I'm not, but then the, the spout's like doing push-ups on the front yard. Like, I got to get stronger. Like, like, if I do some laps around the block, right, then I can fix my problem. Like, maybe if I fasted longer, if I memorized more scriptures, like, the spout's trying to do everything. And God's like, would you just stop and move over four inches? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody ready for a four-inch shift tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Because <laughs> God, is, God is good at bringing shifts to his children. Thank you, Jesus. In, in Romans 14, thank you, Jesus. It, we, you don't need to turn there. We all know it. It says, 
For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. How many people have ever heard somebody say, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy? Like, we could quote that part, right? But it's righteousness, peace, and joy where? In the Holy Spirit. And in fact, it starts with, for it's not eating and drinking. What's the context there? The context is, is uh, the religious formula and system of the day. And the context is, it's not about that. It's not about religious formula. It's a relational, God's drawing us out of formula and into relational context. It's, like, it's not about formula. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy. But where do we find those things? In the Holy Spirit. Do you know if you leave the Holy Spirit off of that, <laughs> you have works? <laughs> the, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy. Okay, I need to go to work now. I need to go get righteous. <laughs> I need to go work up some, some peace. I need to go find some joy. I need to go, I need to, go to work. If you leave off those four words. <laughs> but aren't you glad that God doesn't leave them off? The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Wow. We are in the presence of God again tonight and when we when we let that shift happen we realize that when we're in his presence we're in his grace and when we're in his grace his goodness goes to work on our behalf come on thank you Jesus four inch shift somebody say thank you Jesus Colossians I've shared this before, but Colossians 1, verse 27, we all know this one so well. Also, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. <laughs> this mystery, again, the context, if we go up even, even another Another verse, it talks about, verse 26, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but has now been revealed to him, his saints. God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now listen, this is an amazing, amazing story. This says that God willed to make known something for ages and generations. We talked earlier about holding on to a secret good news. Have you ever, you ever had to hold on to a secret? Like you're throwing a surprise party for your best friend and you can't tell them? And you got to go two weeks, right? You're planning this party and you're like, oh my goodness, don't mess it up. Don't tell them. Like you're avoiding them because you're like afraid it's going to slip out. And you're like, oh my goodness, just stay away from me. I'm afraid I'm going to pop. <laughs> and you got you to gotta hold on to this, this thing for this good news for two weeks. Well, this said God will. It means he had a longing, a desire to release a mystery 
to this generation that he held on to, not for two weeks, but for ages and generations. God willing, he had this bubbling, like, oh my goodness, I can't wait to release this thing, but not yet, not yet, not yet, for ages. And then, and what's the mystery? It's Christ in you. The hope of glory. But it's not just Christ in you hope, period. Because it's not man's hope. Come on, Jesus. It's not man's ability. It's not just a pat you on the back, tomorrow's going to be a better day gospel. It's not a pull yourself up by the bootstraps and that's the end of the story gospel. It's not, it's not that Christ in you is hope. Like, don't worry, tomorrow's going to work out. Oh, don't worry, it'll, it'll be fine, don't worry. No, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Whoa. That's a whole nother message. I wasn't going to camp there, but listen. It's Christ in you. Christ in you wants to be revealing to the world that there is a glory realm. I'll say that again. This side of the room is true for you too. Christ in you wants to be revealing through you to the world that there is a glory realm. <clears throat> you know, that's why cancer cells dissolve around you. Not so, not so that people will applaud you, but so that they will be struck with the revelation, wow, there's a glory realm. <laughs> That's why metal disappears and marriages get restored and people walk in the building. Wow. So people's eyes will be drawn up from their problem and into his glory. Thank you, Jesus. But there's a... There's a four-inch shift available. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Now turn to Matthew 7. I do want you to open your Bibles there. You should be well-versed in it since Ben Ben read it already tonight. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 7. Verse 7. I love it when God, God releases a theme. It's just confirmation that this is the now word of the Lord. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Now, how many people believe that the Bible is true? Like you're like you're sure the Bible is true. How many people believe the promises of God are true? <clears throat> How many people especially like this promise of God right here? It says, knock and it will be open. <clears throat> Seek and you will find. Ask and you will receive. It's like, yes, and amen to that. <laughs> but <laughs> if we're going to be honest, how many people could say, I love that promise, 
But if I look at my life, I feel like that there's times that I've been knocking and it doesn't feel like it's opened. There's things where I felt like I've been seeking and I haven't found. If we're honest, anybody can say amen to that. <laughs> right? But the word of God is true. It's true, it's true, it's true. So if a shift needs to happen, it's probably not on his end. Anybody ready for a foreign shift? <laughs> that... that, that <clears throat> The shift isn't on his end. So what is, what is God saying here? And I want to I back up and I want to say this. I want to say that, that sin in the Bible, in the original context in the Greek, means to miss the mark. Sin means to miss the mark, as in an archer shooting at the bullseye, and it means to miss the mark. And that context got carried over into, into this biblical context of Missing the mark or God's highest or best for us. So when I do something that we call sin, it's something that's out of alignment with God's highest or best for us. But how many people know that God is good? And how many people know that God doesn't sin? Not a trick question. How many people know God does not sin? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, just for fun. How many people know God does not sin? Okay. <laughs> Listen, God does not sin, which means God does not miss the mark. Amen. Listen, that, it's not his nature. He's good all the time. He's faithful. He's kind. He's just. He's never turned the tap off. Our, our God, our king, doesn't miss the mark unless... We try to give God our predetermined mark to him. Now, listen, who sets the target? <laughs> okay, I'm just going to go over here. And, uh, <laughs> who sets the target? God does. To sin means to miss the mark. It's God's highest, God's best. <laughs> right? He sets the target. God doesn't miss the mark, except for when we try and interject, when we create our predetermined target for God, and we say, God, this thing in my life, this need, this thing, God, here's a bullseye, this is your mark. Here you go, God, all right. Ready? Go. Right? And we're standing there, we're standing there, we're standing there, we're standing there, and we're like, God hasn't hit the mark yet. And if we're not careful, <clears throat> hope deferred can start to creep in. But the problem is, we're looking at the wrong mark. Because it says, if you then being evil know how to give good, what? Yes. Say it again. Good yes. gifts. Good gifts to your children. God is gifting us grace. God is gifting us breakthrough. That he's a good father and he wants to give to us, but he is the giver of every good gift. God wants to give us gifts. And he wants to draw us into trust, and he wants to draw us into relationship. 
Do you know that, I don't know if you know this, but God likes to be in charge. <laughs> and if the foundation of our relationship is I create the target and God hits the mark, then who's in charge of this relationship? Now listen, I'm going to get there. It's not that that can't happen, but that can't be the foundation of us trusting that he's good. <laughs> God is a good father who wants to give gifts to his children. Do you know the nature of a gift? That when you want to give a gift to, to, to your friend, to a loved one, the, the, the best gifts are gifts that come to the heart, from the heart and the best gifts are gifts that communicate, I know you, and I know your desires, and I know your wishes, and I know your thoughts. That when your best friend gives you, gives you a gift and you open it, and you're like, it's something that you mentioned six months ago in passing. You're like, oh, I'd really love one of those things. And you, you open it up, and, they, and you're like, Oh my goodness, you remembered that thing from six months ago that I just said in the car and passed it. Oh, you're so good to me. You love me. You know my heart. Your tears are like, oh, let's hug it. Oh, relationship. How many people know that's a good gift? That's better than if, if your friend's having a party, a birthday coming up and and they're like, hey, uh, I know we've been friends for a while. I got a party. I got a birthday coming up next week. So listen, here's what I need you to do. <laughs> I need you to go down to the department store on 2nd Avenue, right? I need you to go in, the, go up to the second floor, go to this section, right? Go to this aisle. I need this thing and this size and this color. And if you could have it to my house by 2.30, that would be awesome. <laughs> How many people know you're not excited to get that gift. That's not a gift out of a love exchange. That's a demand. Ooh. <laughs> and you might, you might do that once, but next time they're like, okay, listen, I'm having another gathering. You're like, whoa, whoa, time out. <laughs> I did that last time, I'm kind of done. being your slave. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> God wants to give us good gifts. And God's goodness is pouring out all the time. That God is moving. That God is, God is releasing breakthrough in our midst, in the atmosphere we're created. And, and over here, a marriage is being restored. And over here, a back's getting healed. And over here, somebody's getting a promotion at work. And over here, uh, cancer's disappearing. And God is doing all these things. The, the kingdom of heaven is pouring out. Our job isn't to try to get God to let first land on our mark. Our job is to figure out where God's mark is. Where, where his presence, his goodness, his grace is flowing and go and stand there. It's our job to line up with his job, with, with what he's doing. That's our job. <clears throat> Knock, <clears throat> excuse me, ask and it will be given. 
to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. You know, what the problem is, is that we're asking, we're seeking, and we're knocking, but we're knocking, when we're knocking, we're bringing our itemized list of needs to God. Is this all right? You guys okay? Do we need oxygen masks to drop from the ceiling? <laughs> Listen, when he, when he says... When he says ask and seek and knock, he's not talking about bringing our lists of need. And, and there is a place for that. I'll come back to it. But, but <clears throat> we will find disappointment when we got our needs list and we're knocking 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 and nothing's happening. God's the invitation isn't to first bring your list of needs. So if that's not what God is saying here, what is God saying? And it's important that we remember that in the original, in the original writing, the original scriptures, the chapters, they were added later. The chapter breaks and the section titles, it's a stream of consciousness in, in most cases. And we, we actually will lose that. that the section breaks have actually compartmentalized for us our thought, and we don't realize that it's one flow. And God gives us the answer, actually, eight verses earlier. Matthew 6, verse 33 says this, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The context is, is the birds of the air. They don't worry about what they're going to eat. Their father feeds them. And how much more value are you? And the flowers of the field, they don't worry, worry about what they're going to wear. And, in, and in Solomon, all his splendor wasn't adorned in as much beauty as they are. And of how much more value are you than they? And then it says, the key is to seek first the kingdom of heaven. And his righteousness. Then, somebody say then. Then all these things will be added unto you. Why? Because it's a trust relationship. Listen, we're over here with our predetermined mark. We're like, God, here it is. Ready? Okay, bullseye on your mark. Get set. Go. And God's like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm just not playing that game. <laughs> and, uh, and God, but, but. The reality is, is that God's pouring out all the time. So we're over here preoccupied with this mark. Going, where's he at? 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 And not realizing that heaven is raining down all around us. And there's breakthroughs happening here, and God's moving here, and the prophetic is happening here, and dreams are happening here, and all this stuff is happening. And instead of being over here, we should be over here like children seeking first the kingdom. Oh, there you are. Oh, there you are. Oh, there's the presence. Oh, there's my papa. Oh, I love you. Oh, my trust in you is growing. You're so good. And in that place is a place that you receive good gifts. And stuff you didn't even, that wasn't even on your needs list. All of a sudden, something that you had a thought about three years ago, all of a sudden shows up. And you're like, oh, I totally forgot to even ask for this. This is amazing, right? 
But, but listen, you got all this important stuff over here. At least important to you, right? You got all this important stuff. And God's doing stuff you forgot about over here. But what he's doing is he's growing our trust relationship. He's growing our childlikeness. <laughs> he's growing our ability to jump in his arms. And we're over here seeking first the kingdom. Oh, God, you're so good. And worship, the presence is here. And the prophetic is here. You're so good. And you're just following what he's doing. And next thing you know, boom. You're like, God, you're so good. Wait a minute. What just happened? I'm standing on my old mark. And breakthroughs just happened. That thing that I've been holding on to for seven years. God just broke it open. He's good all the time. But he's in charge. <laughs> he's a good father. And he's drawing us into knowing him and trusting him. It's, it's why celebrating the breakthrough is so important. When, when, when God moves in our midst, we have a choice to, like children, get lost in that and move into greater awe of who he is. Or we can go back and we can still be staring at our mark and go, but, but nothing happened here. Is this okay? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. We, <clears throat> we can't command God to do anything. And, and it's, in, it's, in a good, it's in a good place of our heart. But we got to realize that it's our job to line ourselves up with what he's doing. And in that place, listen, it says hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a desire realized is a tree of life. That when we start to move in the place of finding desires realized, it actually connects us back into the original promise of the garden before sin ever came in the picture. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Whoa. How we celebrate makes a difference. And how we celebrate other people's breakthroughs make a difference. And how we celebrate the little breakthroughs make a difference. We got our list, and listen, we got our list, and we have it prioritized for God. We're like, here's my list, and here's number one on my needs list. And here's number two, and God, if you could do this, and then this, and the... But listen, God, sometimes he'll come down here to number 36, and he'll go, boop. He'll go, let me see what they're going to do with that. And we, can, we have two options. We can be like, oh, God, but number one. Come on, are we not on the same page here? Do I need a fast longer number one? Not 36, come on, all right? And God's like, well, they got some more work to do. Or we can realize that that's the giver of every good gift. That we're in the that we just received an open portal of grace flowing. Breakthrough releases more breakthrough. 
and faith more faith. When God moves at 36, we're like, oh my goodness, this is so amazing. God just broke into my equation. God just stepped into my life. This is so incredible. <laughs> and other people will try and convince you it's not that important. They're like, yeah, but wasn't that way down in your list? What about number one and number two? You're like, but what about God? This is God. You realize this is God who just showed up. This is God. This is why celebrating the pinky finger that, that gets healed opens up atmospheres for cancer to disappear. <laughs> and when we can celebrate 36 like it's number one, <laughs> guess what's on its way? Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. <laughs> Can I get the team? Can I get the whole team to come back up? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> God is good. Amen. <laughs> Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. When we actually get to the point where we can let go of them. Here's, here's, here's the point. When we, when we put out the mark and in our hearts we determine God's goodness by our mark, we're always going to fail. Because God doesn't want to be confined to our capacity to dream or our ability to be in control. But when we let go of that and we let God's goodness be determined in our hearts by the fact that he's showing up other places, that he's moving anywhere. That, oh my goodness, I'm living in a generation where the heavens are open. Because there was ages and generations where God willed to release this thing but couldn't. Oh man, I live, I live in a generation where I could show up at church and the presence of God is there. <laughs> and people get healed every week and it's the most amazing thing ever. I go home every night and I cry because God actually shows up. <laughs> and people are being like, yeah, but aren't you deaf? <laughs> Listen, we have a choice to make. And when we choose to celebrate his goodness... We enter into true worship. We enter into true worship, and that's where we put our hand in his hand. He invites us onto the dance floor, and guess who's leading the dance? Not us. <laughs> He's leading, and when we get lost, when we let go of our mark, and we start letting him lead, next thing we know, we find ourselves standing right where we wanted to be in the first place. I heard a story, I was on the phone with, with a real general in the faith, a prophetic man this afternoon, actually, and he just happened to start telling this story, and he was talking about this time that he was in, he was in uh, Zimbabwe doing some missions work, and they were building a dairy farm to provide sustainable uh, resource for this community, and and his job, his assignment, him and this, and this, this local African Zimbabwean 
they were shoveling gravel out of the truck, truckloads every day. And this Zimbabwean who was about this big, weighed 85 pounds, and, and my friend was, he was a, a wrestler in college, you know, stocky, strong looking guy. And he's like, this Zimbabwean would outwork me every day. He's like, and I'm competitive. Like, I just took it as a challenge. So every day I'd be like, I'm going to beat him. I'm going to unload my half of the truck before he gets his done, right? And every time this guy who's 85 pounds would beat him. And he's like, I just put my head down. I work dripping with sweat and I would get done. And he would be there sitting on his shovel already done, taking a break. And, and he said, it's like, how... How is it that you shovel so fast? And what I forgot to say is that he was, he had a partially um, lame arm and a partially lame leg, and he still out-shoveled this ex-wrestler. <laughs> and he's like, what's your secret? How do you shovel so fast? And this is what he said. He said, oh, it's easy. He said, this shoveling is my worship to God. And he said, he said, some people can sing well, but I can't. He said, some people can dance well before the Lord, but I can't. He said, but what I can do is shovel. And so I shovel with all my heart unto the Lord. And then he, he pointed to my friend of the children playing soccer, and he goes, I know what we're building is going to bless them, which blesses my father. So this is my worship unto the Lord. I was like, oh, God. What is it? What does it look like when we get a community who really gets the heart of worship deep into our DNA, into everything we do? That it's not just an hour on Saturday we gather. It's like our work is worship. And our play is worship. And our marriages are worship. And the way we love our kids is worship. That city service tomorrow out in our community. Come on, it's worship. Under the king. Because he inhabits our praise. It literally, he's going to keep building up his throne in our midst. Wow. And every testimony that happens... If you're, if you're engaged, if you're committed to worshiping him, it's your testimony too. Thank you, Jesus. And listen, I tell you, this, this message is, it can't get much more cut to the heart for us, for Renee and I. Yesterday evening, we got, we got news Renee's brother and, and sister-in-law live in Australia, and they just had a baby girl a month ago, a beautiful baby girl, their second child. But they just got told by the doctors yesterday that she has spinal bifida. And, uh, and the, the worst case, <clears throat> or on that end of the spectrum, but listen, I've seen spinal bifida healed before. Sondra too. <laughs> he's a good God. And he's going to do something miraculous. We saw, you've heard, some of you heard the testimony before. 
young girl in a meeting we were doing in Africa walked in the back door, power of God hit her. She was carried in the back door. Power of God hit her. She's out for three hours, gets up, walking around, and people go crazy. We didn't even know anything was wrong with her. She had been born with spinal bifida. We end up taking her home to her grandmother's house, which ends up being the local witch doctor. The whole family gets born again. God can do amazing things. God can do amazing things. Come on. Let's be a worshiping community together. If you want to be a worshiping community, can you stand to your feet tonight? And I feel like that there's opportunities tonight for us to, to come together and to genuinely celebrate every testimony like it's our own. I need a little bit of help from this side. <laughs> Listen, to celebrate, to celebrate every testimony. Listen, I'm going to say it again because it's this important, to celebrate every testimony like it's ours. And listen... And the ability to celebrate, to celebrate the littlest testimonies like they're the biggest ones. Pull out the God nutrients out of every single one. When we can do that, there's no, there's no limit to the expanse of his goodness, to the establishing of his throne in our midst that will happen. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. You know, it's, come on, we're on the cusp of like people hearing about people out in the workplace, hearing about somebody who's got a problem with their marriage. They'll be like, oh, I know where you need to go on Saturday night. Come on, doctors at the hospital. They give somebody a bad diagnosis, but they're like, here, I know this doesn't look good, but listen, I know where you need to go. Oh, you don't believe me yet. <laughs> it's coming. But I feel like there's an opportunity for people to, to let go, to let just to simply let go of that predetermined mark. Wow. That thing where we lost, it, look, it's okay to have marks and out of friendship. When we come into that place where we're lost in God and we hear him say, what is it that you want? That's the perfect time to say, God, this, this, this. But the problem is when we lock, when we determine God's goodness by our mark. If we're wrestling with the like, oh, how good is he really? Is he really good? Because we've still been holding on to that thing, it's time to let go of that thing. So his goodness can really move. <laughs> Whoa, thank you, Jesus. We're about to go into worship, and I just want you, I just want you to ask yourself, have you been holding on to any predetermined marks that you just need to let go of tonight so that God can actually be God, that he can be in charge in our midst? <laughs> We're going to go into worship, and I just feel like, I just, I, I see this picture of graduation, you know, the cap and gown, you move into the commencement, you're moving into a new season, you take that thing and you, you toss it, well, we're going to toss those old marks 
We're going to toss them out of, out of our heart, out of our life, so that we can move into a fresh season with the Father. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray in just a moment. We're going to toss those, and we're going to go into worship. Father, I thank you that you're good all the time. And God, I thank you for every, every toe that you've healed in this place. I thank you, Father. I thank you for every, for every heart that you've touched, Father. I thank you for every salvation, Father. God, I thank you for every marriage that's been restored or is being restored, every body that's been healed. Father, I thank you for every time metal has disappeared. God, I thank you for every time cancer has disappeared. Father, I thank you for every Muslim, God, who's met your goodness. Father, I thank you, God, that you're not done, but it's just the beginning, God. So teach us, teach us, teach us how to seek first your kingdom, how to get lost in your goodness, Father so that we can receive every good gift that you have for us. In Jesus' name, on the count of three, if you have an old mark to cast off, we're going to do it on three, and we're going to step into a new season of celebrating it all. <laughs> celebrating it all and letting it all be worship under the Father, just like that mighty man in Africa. One two, three. We cast it off. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.